أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Dear brothers and sisters and welcome to episode number 8 of the A Lesson Per Page Quran program Alhamdulillah we've made it to page number 39 of the Holy Quran and so that is where we're going to start our program today. Page number 39 of the Holy Quran speaks about how God is an investor. God invests. What does that mean exactly? Well, we'll get to what that means, um, but all I want to say right now is this, before we get into the, the verse itself and the Arabic of the verse, that Allah's mercy is, you can say, exploding. His mercy and kindness is exploding in this verse. And what verse is that that I'm talking about on page 39? That is verse number 245 of Surah Baqarah. So let's recite the verse and then discuss it, inshallah. <laughs> وَاللَّهُ يَقْبِضُ وَيَبْسُطُ وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ Who is it that will lend Allah a good loan that He may multiply it for Him several fold and Allah tightens and expands the means of life or livelihood you can say, sustenance, rizq and to Him you shall be brought back As I said, in this verse on page 39, Allah's kindness is just exploding out of the page, okay? What's going on here? Um, we have to see, first of all, we, we, have to, we have to keep in mind that Allah isn't your normal human being, okay? Very obviously, of course, I say that. He is the Lord, He is the Creator, He's the one who has given everything we have, right? So let's have that in mind when we're actually looking at this verse. Having said that, look at how much, and I hate to say it like this, but how much Allah cares for us to make the right decisions that He brings Himself down this much as the Lord of the worlds, of the universe, of all of creation. Forget the universe. The universe is the material realm of existence. We're talking, He is the creator of, of everything, of all wujud and existence. Look at how much He cares for us that He's going to bring Himself down, so to speak, to this point. Now, of course, when He, when he speaks like this of Himself, does that really bring Him down? <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. It doesn't bring Him down one bit. But this is how He is speaking to us and describing himself. Why? It's just so that we make the right decision. Just like a caring mother or father who will do whatever it takes to make sure their child makes the right decisions in life. So what does he do? He says, number one, lend me your money. Man Qard in Arabic means a loan. To borrow money or to lend money. So <clears throat> he's saying, who is going to lend me money? Yes, Qard means to lend money. 
who is who out there is that to lend me money? He could have said, who out, who is who out there is ready to give in my way, in my name, and so on. He didn't say it like that though. He said, I need uh, I need some money, people. Is there anyone who's going to lend me some money? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so that's number one. Just the fact that he's calling it a loan. <laughs> number two, you know what's worse, brothers and sisters? When something in, doesn't really apply to you, but you make it apply to you anyway. Here, Allah's saying, hey, is there anyone to lend me money? When he doesn't even need it. Sometimes you bring yourself down because you need something, right? You're in need of money. So you ask for a loan, right? Yeah, true, you're bringing yourself down, but at least it's for something that you need. You're not bringing yourself down for something that you don't need. You're not giving yourself, quote-unquote, a bad name for something that's not necessary, right? In this verse, Allah is saying, hey, uh, is there anyone to lend me some money? Okay, so it's as if, and I hate to word it like this, but this is what's going on. It's as if he is giving himself a bad name of wanting a loan, when he doesn't even need it. That's the problem, to add to the problem. So he doesn't even need the money, but he's asking for it, okay, <laughs> in the form of a loan. Not only that, let's take it a step further now. He is asking for a loan that he doesn't need when he's the one who gave us what we have that he's asking for to begin with. So that's like three things here right now that make it the worst case ever. <laughs> no one's willing to do such a thing, brothers and sisters, unless they really care for you. All right? That's one. That's uh, one, one point, okay? That is encompassing three points in it. But then, what does he want the money for now? Okay? He says, I want the money. All right, so you need it. It seems you need it because you're asking for a loan. Well, what do you need it for now? when in reality you don't need it, and you're the one who even gave it to begin with, turns out he needs it for us, for ourselves. And so he says, I'm going to take it from you, but I'm not going to spend it for myself. I'm going to spend it for you. I love you so much, and I know in the future you're going to need more even. Let me invest it for you. So if I'm asking for it, I'm asking for it for your own sake. لَهُ So that I invest it for you so that it multiplies. Now the term investing is not used in the verse, of course, brothers and sisters, but when it says multiply it, that's an investment. You take money, right? That's, what, that's how investments work. You have cash, right? Or assets on hand. You make them inaccessible to yourself, right? By investing them. For what purpose? So that in the future, you can get more back. So in other words, capital plus time equals multiplication of assets. Yes, doubling, tripling, I don't know, quadrupling, times 10 the rewards and profits, okay? That's what investment mean, means. And so here Allah is saying, give it to me as a loan and I'll give it back to you. So what happens when you give somebody a loan? Well, usually there's a guarantee they're going to pay you back or at least that's what they're uh, agreeing to do and promising you to do to pay you back the loan. Okay? So Allah is saying, I'm not going to take it and not give it back to you. I'm going to give it back to you because it's a loan. I'm going to give back the capital to you. But that's not even it. That's not even all. I am going to, when I give you the capital back 
after I've invested it and it has multiplied, I'm going to give you all the profits and rewards as well. Whoa! Who in their right mind does that? When you borrow money from someone to invest it, you're doing that, you owe them the capital back. Okay? You owe them the capital back. You don't have to give them the uh, profit of that investment. The same way if you lose money after you invest it, you still owe them the capital, right? So here Allah, what's He saying? <laughs> Look at this. So this is the second point. The first point had to do with Allah Himself. The second point has to do with what He's doing with this money. Okay? So that first point had three within it. I'm just going to go over it real quickly. Number one, He's asking for a loan. Number two, He doesn't even need it. Number three, He gave it to us Himself. The, the money that we're going to be lending Him. That was the first point that had three in it. The second point is what he's going to do with the money now. He's going to give the capital back because it's a loan. He is guaranteeing that there is going to be multiplied profit and the money is going to multiply. Number two. Number three, he's going to give all of it back to us, even the, even the profit. Well, you don't have to. When you borrow money from somebody, you don't have to give the profit back to them. The same way you don't, they don't incur loss if you are the one who loses that money after you invest it. Right? So here, it's all win, 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 win. And the only sacrifice you and I have to make is to give him that loan. <laughs> Which in this context, lending him the money means spending in the way of Allah for things that Allah has said. The poor, the needy, the orphan, the one who's traveling but is stuck somewhere and doesn't have the means to get themselves to their destination. Um, as we've spoken of before, uh, all the good in educational uh, Islam-related initiatives out there, schools, mosques, hospitals, these things, spending in the way of Allah nowadays might even mean uh, maybe putting money into certain initiatives that have to do with the mental health and well-being of the brothers and sisters out there, and so on and so forth. So many ideas and things that one can think of to spend the money, their money in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is saying, when you do that, it's actually you giving me a loan. But it just has all these perks now to it that no other loan ever has. Number one, I will give you the capital back. Number two, I will give you the interest that you gain. Number three, it's guaranteed interest. And so I want to make a little joke here. We all know interest and usury is haram, right? But the interest that has to do with investing in this life and then getting multiple rewards uh, in the afterlife and the akhirah, that's fine. That's halal. I'm, t I'm, I'm telling you right now, that is a halal form of interest because you're getting the reward on the Day of Judgment. Okay? Um, in the future, we'll get to some verses maybe that speak of the haram form of interest. But trust me, this ain't one of them. Alright, so look at how far Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes, brings Himself down so that we make this decision. You know what it's like? It's just like that caring father or mother who has, I don't know, for a year now, given allowance to their son or daughter. And they know that this allowance, like $10 a month, $20 a month, that's really nothing. But they want this to multiply for their kid. So they're like, uh, the father goes to his son and says, Beta, Habibi, like, can you uh, lend me some of your money? I want to do something with your money. Right? And so this child feels like, oh, I'm special, you know? He's asking me for a loan. 
Because <laughs> the dad knows if he doesn't bring himself down, this kid might not do that, might not give him his money so that he invests it for him. And so the father takes the money. Now this child knows and rests assured, rests assured that Baba is going to take care of my money. And this money might even multiply. And I know if, I, if he loses my money, he will uh, reimburse me and give me, give me back whatever he owes me, even though he lost it in the investment. It's kind of like how Allah is doing it here, brothers and sisters. He's the one who gave it all to us. He's the one who brings himself down just to make sure that we make the right decision and give it back to him and trust him. And in the end, the rewards are going to be for us. But to, for someone to actually take this step, they have to have the right perspective of Akhirah, perspective of understanding of how much greater the Akhirah is versus the dunya. They must have a trust in Allah. They must have grown enough in their Iman that they will do such a thing. Brothers and sisters, these are important matters in our lives. These are the spiritual growth. These are those sacrifices that we have to make. Um, of course, while keeping and maintaining a balance as well. And then the rewards will really be out of this world. Inshallah ta'ala. Alright, page number 40 of the Holy Qur'an, the qualities of a leader, strength and knowledge. So this uh, part of the Qur'an has to do with uh, the famous story of David and Goliath, but there's a little introduction to it in the Qur'an before, and that's what we're going to talk about on this page actually, page number 40. Um, and that has to do with Talut, a king and leader of Bani Israel, chosen by the Prophet of that time. Yes, by divine command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we'll get into the details of that. This is verse number 247 of Surah Baqarah. قَالُوا أَنَّا يَكُونُ لَهُ الْمُلْكُ عَلَيْنَا وَنَحْنُ أَحَقُّ بِالْمُلْكِ مِنْهُ وَلَمْ يُؤْتَ سَاعَةً مِنَ الْمَالِ قَالَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَاهُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَزَادَهُ بَسْطَةً فِي الْعِلْمِ وَالْجِسْمِ وَاللَّهُ يُؤْتِي مُلْكَهُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَاللَّهُ وَاسِعٌ عَلِيمٌ Their Prophet said to them, so the Prophet of Banu Israel he said to them, Allah has appointed Talut, Saul, as king for you. They said, how can he have kingship over us when we have a greater right to kingship than him? Well, why is that the case? Because he has not been given ample wealth. Oh, so to be a king, you have to be wealthy. Hmm. Apparently, according to them, that's how it was. He said, so this prophet of God said to them, indeed, Allah has chosen him over you. Like, none of your business, man. <laughs> and enhanced him vastly in knowledge and strength. Ilm, jism. Of course, jism means physique, means body, but of course it's obvious what it's alluding to here. It means the strength of the body. And Allah gives His kingdom to whomever He wishes, and Allah is all-bounteous, all-knowing. Alright. So, there is a little uh, story behind this. It's not like this prophet of God just went to them and said, God has chosen a king for you. 
As a matter of fact, they asked their prophet for God to, to go to God and ask God to appoint a king and leader for them. So that's the first problem. These people, what they did was they asked for something. So if you remember, the cow of Bani Israel had a similar situation. So us as Muslims, these stories are repeated for us. We have to take inspiration from them. They, for, in the story of the cow, they went to Prophet Musa. They're like, someone has been killed amongst us. We don't know who the uh, criminal is, who the assassin is. Can you tell us what to do so we figure this out? Prophet Musa said, Allah orders that you slaughter a cow. They started questioning that. All right. Here, the same thing happens again. They go to the Prophet of God. They're, they're like, Oh, Prophet of God, appoint a leader, appoint a king for us. Because apparently there was a time that Banu Israel, their prophets were not necessarily, necessarily their kings or leaders. Okay, And that has its own story. I don't want to get into that. Um, even when you look in the Old Testament, you'll find this, that you'll have kings, you'll have prophets. For example, Sulaiman, Dawood, they're not prophets, they're kings. All right, anyway, that's a different story though. Um, so going back to our story, they are the, they're the ones who had approached. And so when this prophet of God, <laughs> he actually gives them what they're asking for, they start questioning again. Oh my God, come on. And so he says, look, if you're telling me that he, has, he doesn't have wealth, okay, Talut doesn't have wealth, my answer isn't, oh, wealth is this, wealth is that. My answer is, look, God has chosen him over you. Didn't you ask for God to choose somebody? Okay, this is God's choice. Forget about the rest. Don't worry about it. God's got this. Just like in the story of the cow, God said, you want to know who the, who the assassin is? Well, right now God is saying slaughter a cow. Why? Don't worry about it. God's got this. So like, remember, guys, this is a hashtag. Hashtag God's got this, right? But anyway, I will reveal to you, this prophet of God tells them, I'll reveal to you the reason for it. He has knowledge and he has um, strength. And those are what matter in a leader, at least back then. At least back then, if you wanted to be a king, if you wanted to be a leader, you had to have strength and knowledge and wisdom. Okay? These kinds of things. Alright, so um, if this prophet is telling them this. It shows that these are the criteria for an individual to be leader. Okay, Why am I saying all of this? I'm saying all of this because, and this is something that the Shia use, they say, look, one of the things that was said about Ali ibn Abi Talib not being the one to succeed the Holy Prophet and to lead the Muslim community after the Holy Prophet is that he's young. He was in his 30s when the Holy Prophet passed away. Right? Others were in their 50s or 60s maybe. Right? So for example, the first Khalifa was in his 60s. Now this is not uh, to get into the whole discussion of the Shia school of thought versus the Sunni school of thought and all of that, that's not irrelevant right now. I don't even want to talk about who the first Khalifa was, how old he was. I just want to say, this is not enough of an argument. To say that, oh, he's young. So what if he's young? Talut was young too. Talut was young. Talut didn't have ample wealth. These things that sometimes people feel might be the criteria. Right? Uh, for... Uh, 
I'm hesitant, but I, from what I remember, yes, I, uh, from what I remember, he was young too, uh, Talut. But that's beyond the point right now. Um, the point is, what matters, do they have it or not? Are they old? Are they young? Are they good looking? Are they normal looking? Are they, I don't know, wealthy? Are they poor? Whatever it is, this prophet of God here in this verse says, he has what matters. Well, what does matter? What matters? What matters is knowledge, right? Which, of course, is the cornerstone of wisdom and also um, power and strength, physical strength. As a matter of fact, let me, if you allow me, let me go back to the Arabic and see what the Arabic says. Because the English is saying knowledge and strength. But the Arabic, if I remember correctly, yeah, it says ilm. Okay, so we're good. Just want to make sure about something. All right, so he has what it takes. If that's the case, and these are what it takes to be a leader, then Imam Ali also had what it takes. He had the knowledge. He had the power and strength. Of course, everyone knows what he looks like on the battlefield. And so this verse is sometimes cited just to show that, okay, if these are the criteria, then why, why point out the young age of Ali ibn Abi Talib after the Holy Prophet Now, these are conditions back then, of course, 1400 years ago. Nowadays, some might argue not, not all of these are conditions. Yes, to have knowledge and wisdom is good, is important and is key actually. But they'll say, nowadays to be a leader, you don't have to necessarily be strong because you're not going to be on any battlefield or anything. Well, okay, that's another story. Okay, But back then at least, we can be 100% sure that these were criteria for a leader. Okay, so this is important. Not that, oh, I'm a, I'm a king because my daddy was a king or because of uh, me having wealth and so on and so forth. So once again, the same lesson in the, uh, in the story of the cow is also repeated here. This was not the lesson we were taking today, right? Uh, we're taking another lesson. But I just want to remind us that, look, this is a recurring theme that the Banu Israel would ask Allah for something and when Allah would give them, they would, you know, start questioning it, unfortunately. Another example of it can be the men and salwa. If you remember the page that talked about how the grass is greener on the other side, Banu Israel had the men and salwa, the best food you, should, you could ask for, and the most easily accessible free food you could ask for. Some even say that Allah would shower this men upon them from the, from the heavens, okay? <laughs> or from the sky, whatever. Yet there even they said, oh, what's going on on the other side? What do lentils taste like? What are onions, what are onions like? We're not patient. We, don't wanna, we can't tolerate just one form of food. So Allah said, okay, go to some town and get whatever you want. Alright, so this is on the side, a lesson that's repeated again. Don't ask Allah for something. When Allah gives it to you, then you start questioning it. Okay? That's the lesson on the side. But the main lesson that we got out of this uh, page number 40 was that the criteria isn't always what we might think it is when it comes to the leader of a people, of a nation. All right, so that was page number 40. Page number 41, we're going to have another lesson that is related to this uh, story of Talut. And that is the story of and the lesson of huge Tawheed and the battle of Talut and Jalut. Alright, this is one of my favorites. Page number 41. One of the biggest Tawheed lessons of all time, I'm going to call it. 
the battle of Talut and Jalut, the battle in which Dawood defeated Jalut. Dawood and Jalut are also referred to as David and Goliath, of course, that we've all heard of. Goliath being that huge champion and kind of like, you can call him a monster of a person, or as they say today, he was a beast, right? Um, this guy gets defeated by a little Dawood, who back then uh, wasn't a prophet, he was in that army of Talut, who was leading the army of the Bani Israel. Now, of course, as I said, Dawood in our narrative, in the Islamic narrative, he is a prophet of God, one of the greatest prophets of God. And But in the uh, Old Testament, he is seen as a king, not necessarily as a prophet. And sometimes when you have kings like Prophet Dawood, like Prophet Suleiman in the Old Testament, sometimes they'll make certain mistakes as well that you are not befitting of a prophet. And so this is where the is Islamic faith differs with uh, those who adhere to the Old Testament when it comes to these prophets of God. Anyway, what's going on here? Well, there are a lot of tests that come in the way of Bani Israel here. When they are commanded to go and fight the people, uh, the army of Jalut, Goliath. Okay? Huge tests. One after another, some people pass them, some people fail them in the army of Talut. And uh, in the end, Allah shows that, look, everything is in my hands. So I want to go through that, inshallah, uh, after we recite the verse. فَلَمَّا فَصَلَ طَالُوتُ بِالْجُنُودِ قَالَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مُبْتَلِيكُمْ بِنَهْرٍ فَمَنْ شَرِبَ مِنْهُ فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي وَمَنْ لَمْ يَطْعَمْهُ فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي إِلَّا مَنْ اغْتَرَفَ غُرْفَةً بِيَدِهِ فَشَرِبُوا مِنْهُ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مِنْهُمْ فَلَمَّا جَاوَزَهُ هُوَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَهُ قَالُوا لَا طَاقَةَ لَنَا الْيَوْمَ بِجَالُوتَ وَجُنُودِهِ قَالَ الَّذِينَ يَظُنُّونَ أَنَّهُمْ مُلَاقُوا اللَّهِ كَمْ مِنْ فِئَةٍ قَلِيلَةٍ غَلَبَتْ فِئَةً كَثِيرَةً بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ وَلَمَّا بَرَزُوا لِجَالُوتَ وَجُنُودِهِ قَالُوا رَبَّنَا أَفْرِغْ عَلَيْنَا صَبْرًا وَثَبِّتْ أَقْدَامَنَا وَانْصُرْنَا عَلَى الْقَوْمِ الْكَافِرِينَ فَهَزَمُوهُمْ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ وَقَتَلَ دَاوُودُ جَالُوتَ وَآتَاهُ اللَّهُ الْمُلْكَ وَالْحِكْمَةَ وَعَلَّمَهُ مِمَّا يَشَاءُ وَلَوْلَا دَفْعُ اللَّهِ النَّاسَ بَعْضَهُمْ بِبَعْضٍ لَفَسَدَتِ الْأَرْضُ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ ذُو فَضْلٍ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ All right, these verses, their translation are as follows. It says, As Talut set out with the troops, he said, Allah will test you with a stream. Okay, so listen, brothers and sisters, <laughs> when you're an army going out to fight your enemy, you're going to be traveling long distances, maybe on foot or whatever, horseback even. But you're going to be going through hot days and sometimes cold nights. And so these people... I mean, back then water was scarce too, so when they are traveling towards their enemy, they're going to take whatever they can get of water and streams. And so here, Talut tells his army, look, God is going to test you with a stream. Don't drink from it. 
The only exception is you can take a, a, a handful of water. You can only take a scoop of water with your hand. That's it, no more. So that's their first test. Allah will test you with a stream, it says. Anyone who drinks from it will not belong to me. Well, that's scary. Talut says this to them, to the Bani Israel. But those who do not drink from it will belong to me. Except those who draw a scoop with their hand. That's all. That's the only exception. Right? So barring someone who draws a scoop with his hand. But they drank from it. Uh Uh-oh. All except a few of them. Okay, so test number one, majority fail. (laughs) So when he crossed it along with the faithful who were with him, so some failed the test. So some passed the test. And so he says that some of them crossed the stream with Talut. Those who passed that test, they said, we have no strength today against Goliath and his troops. So this is a second test now, to see how they are in their ideology. So some failed by saying this, we have no strength today. We're not gonna, we don't have what it takes. We're not going to make it. We're going to lose the battle against Goliath. So then the verse goes on and says, but there were some who... Those who were certain they will encounter Allah. Mulaqu Rabbihim. Those who knew that we will one day meet our Lord. In other words, they have faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have conviction in Allah and yaqeen. So here, yadhununa uh, means yaqeen and have conviction in Allah. The, the Mufassirin have said. Alright. So there was some people amongst those who were left who belonged to Talut, who had passed the water stream test, among them there were some who had yaqeen in Allah. They said, how many a small group has overcome a larger group by Allah's will. In other words, there are so many cases of weaker groups of people who overcame stronger groups of people. Why? Because Allah's will was there, Allah's permission was there, Allah's aid was there, Allah willed it. And Allah is with the patient. Okay, so all we need to do is be patient, do our job, and Allah will do His job, subhanAllah. So that's verse 249, of course, and then verses 250 and 251, I also recited, so let me also recite the translation for those. So what, let's go on with the story now. So when they marched out for encounter with Goliath and his troops, they said, Our Lord. So they did a dua here, brothers and sisters. It's a famous dua that we also sometimes recite in our qunut. They said, Our Lord, Rabbana afrigh alayna sabra. If that's what it takes, sabr, then pour patience upon us. Make our feet steadfast. Thabbit aqdamana and assist us against the faithless lot, the, the faithless people here. Mansurna, uh, yes. Mansurna ala al kafirin. Alright, so that is the dua that they made. Well, what happened? What happened was, verse 251 tells us, so they defeated them with Allah's will, and David killed Goliath. And Allah gave him the kingdom and wisdom. So fast forward, Dawood becomes a king over Banu Israel, but we also believe that he was a prophet of Allah. So it doesn't say Allah made him king. 
It said Allah gave him rulership over these over the people. He became the leader of the people. He was a prophet of God and he had wisdom, al-hikmah. And taught him whatever he wished. We all know Prophet Dawood had some interesting things that Allah had given him, some interesting powers that Allah had given him. Maybe we'll talk about these in other verses of the Holy Quran. Were it not for Allah's repelling the people by means of one another, the earth would surely have been corrupted, but Allah is gracious to the world's creatures. Okay, so that ending part of the verse is, is letting us know that, look, these battles that take place sometimes, that is what it takes for Allah to sometimes make sure the earth is not corrupted. Okay. So these verses, as you see, it's a very uh, interesting uh, story that takes place and very interesting tests that take place that are kind of like unprecedented really. So there's a huge Tawheed lesson here that is learned. Okay, And um, this, this page of course we're going to be spending some time on it a little bit more but it's important the lesson that we take from it. The Tawheed that we talk about, number one I want to explain. Tawheed means you know to make, to, to, to have unity of God, oneness of God, okay, to ascribe oneness to Allah, to believe in oneness of God. That's what Tawheed usually means and we all are muwahid, we all are monotheists. We believe in the oneness of God. So what does it mean when we say Tawheed lesson here? Well, brothers and sisters, Tawheed has different grades and levels. The, the basic level which is very important that the Holy Prophet came to establish is the one of believing in one God. And so he uh, uh, he uh, fought against this idea of polytheism to the point that he sacrificed a lot of things himself and his family and loved ones for the sake of monotheism and tawheed, not believing in any other gods except the one God, La ilaha illallah. Okay, so that is the tawheed, the basic foundational most important tawheed, but some, when, when tawheed is mentioned, this idea of tawheed, sometimes it, something more than just believing that there's one God out there is meant. And what is meant is, sometimes is, that we believe not only there is one God out there, but that He is the one who is in charge of everything. His will overcomes all other wills. All other wills are annihilated within His will and so on and so forth. And there's a lot of discussion here to have um, in this regard. But that's another level of Tawheed, that if sometimes some people reach a level of spirituality and spiritual growth, and Allah might even give them certain experiences in life and tests in life to show them that I am. They actually experience with their flesh and blood that God is everything. Not just that they believe that they believe it, but they experience it. Okay, they taste it firsthand. This is a special tawheed that is given to some. Sometimes they have to be they have to undergo a lot of tests. Okay. Anyway, in this story, Allah wants to teach the Banu Israel some proper, legit Tawheed. Not just, oh, I'm one, but no, it's all about me in the end. Right? So look at the sequence of events, brothers and sisters, and the tests. So the first thing is that they have to go fight Goliath to begin with. That's tough in and of itself. Alright, so God sprinkles extra hardship for them. What's that? He says, don't drink from this stream. You're not allowed to drink from this stream of water. What, what are you talking about? Like that doesn't even make sense. Whoa, 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 slow down here. Relax. 
Don't make the mistake of shaitan of questioning God when God has a command for us or Banu Israel when he has a command for us. Do sajda to Adam. Shaitan says, Iblis says, why? No, 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 relax here. Are you asking a question like the angels? Remember we covered this on page 6. Or are you questioning God? Okay, here also, it doesn't make sense. Wait, it doesn't make sense. Wait, wait, wait. You can ask, okay, can you tell us why, O Prophet of God, or O leader, King, Saul, or Talut? Can you tell us why? If he wants to, he will. If he doesn't want to, or God hasn't told him why, then look, God is saying this. We have to be submitted to God's command. But it doesn't make sense. Well, relax. Don't, why do you keep repeating this sentence? <laughs> It doesn't make sense. No, no, Allah has more knowledge than us. Don't worry about it. He, this is what He's saying. All right, but that's going to affect us negatively. You know, you need water to, to be able to win a battle. That's true, brothers and sisters. And so in normal circumstances, you're supposed to drink water when you're, if you're going to be taking on a, on a big task, right? But at the end of the day, sometimes there might be exceptional cases. And that's when a prophet tells you, hey, this is the test right now or a person who's connected to a prophet of God, like Talut in this story, is telling you. Alright, having said all of that, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Number two on this list is the extra hardship, the stream, the stream that they had to not drink from, except a handful of that water. So once they pass it, another test. These people are like, oh my God, we didn't drink water. Okay, we passed that test, but like we don't have what it takes to fight. So ideologically, there's an issue here. Some people failed that test, but then some people, they passed that test. And they said, Allah will help whoever He wants. There are smaller groups that have overcome bigger groups. And so they, you have to have reached a certain level of yaqeen in your Lord to pass all of these tests, brothers and sisters. And so look how they worded it in the end. They said, with God's permission, plus our dua, plus understanding that we have to be patient and we have to do our job of fighting Goliath, Allah's aid will come our way and that is what happened in the end. In the end, they were able to able to overcome uh, Goliath. They were and something that no one thought was even possible. They were able to overcome Goliath and Allah taught Bani Israel a huge lesson here. Now whether they heed or not, take heed or not is a different story. Because throughout the history of Banu Israel in the Qur'an, you'll find that again and again they failed this test. And we as Muslims, once again, I have to say, have to be careful to pass such tests that come our way. Okay. And where do we find this? We find this in the history of Islam as well. During the time of the Holy Prophet For example, in the Battle of Khandaq, the famous battle of the trench that we all have heard of and know of, what happens? What happens is Amr bin Abdawad jumps the trench and starts challenging the Muslims. Right? <laughs> Look at the challenge. He reminds the Muslims of their own faith and what they're supposed to believe in. He says, Who will, is willing to fight me? This champion from the side of the Mushrikeen who's now within. Um, the area of the Muslims has jumped the trench, has been able to get across the, trend, the trench. He says, who's willing to fight me? And so you find the same test that 
some of those people who were in the time of Talut had to go through, he is, he is giving them the same test, the Muslims the same test. Those people of Talut's time, they believed, but they still didn't believe to an extent. Right? It's interesting. The verse said, the believers, ma'ahu, the believers with Talut, some of them failed the next test. They said, we don't have what it takes. What was it? It said, That the ones who had belief, they made it this far, they failed this next test. Some of them. So they have belief, but they don't have the right ideology. They don't have that right yaqeen yet. But there are some who have the ultimate yaqeen. Here, Amr bin Abdul in the story of the Khandaq, the Battle of Khandaq, Amr, he says, okay, you guys believe in this Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa You believe in him, huh? Alright. <laughs> Let's see if you really believe in him. Just like how those who believed with Talut and even passed the test of the stream had to be reminded of what their belief actually should entail. Here also, Amr, this mushrik is reminding the Muslims of what they're supposed to believe or how they're supposed to believe in what they believe in. He says, who is willing to fight me? If you kill me, then that's a great reward for you by Allah because you have gotten rid of one of the enemies of Islam. And if you are killed at my hands, then you, don't you say that there's an afterlife, there's a jannah for the shuhada, the shuhada have this, have that, they have the ultimate rank in Allah's eyes, etc. So it's a win-win for you and it's a lose-lose for me. Bismillah. Of course he didn't say that, he's a mushrik, right? <laughs> Um, Bismillah, who's willing to come and fight me? Who stood up? Ali ibn Abi Talib stood up. No one else stood up. And so the Prophet here, uh, he makes a point to the Muslims. He tells Ali ibn Abi Talib, sit, don't stand. I don't want you to fight yet. Let's, uh, let's, see, let's see if the people are going to stand because I want them to learn a lesson. Because if they're not going to stand, let them at least learn a lesson from all of this. That it's not how small or big you are. Because Imam Ali was young back then. He was nothing compared to Amr. Amr even like saw it as insulting to fight Ali. He's like, no, send me a real champion, like a, one of the older ones. So you find the story of Dawood. And eventually, of course, we know Ali salam defeated Amr. And the story is a beautiful story. We don't, I don't want to get into it right now. But the story of Dawood and Ali salam is kind of like uh, a carbon copy. They're a carbon copy of each other, it's as if. You have a young, small one here, you have a young, small one there, defeating a huge champion. Yeah, Why? Because of strong, proper Iman and proper Tawheed. Allah showed the people that, look, if I want something, it's going to happen the way I want it. This is deep, real Tawheed. And this is something to do dua for and work towards through obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we ask Allah for such opportunities in our lives so that we become recipients of that special nur of Allah that once it's cast into our hearts, we have proper tawheed. I know um, this uh, lesson uh, on this page went a little longer than other ones, but this, there was, it was super important um, for us to understand how much we can take away from it for our lives inshallah in our daily lives Allah is always there brothers and sisters if we do our part 
of working the way we're supposed to work and doing dua and remembering he's also there, he'll do his part as well, inshallah. And in the end, it'll end up with a, 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 uh, a tawheed in our hearts that brings tranquility to us, brings itma'inan to us. Ya ayyatuha nafsul mutma'inna irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatan mardiyya. Something along those lines, inshallah. These are things uh, along those lines. Inshallah, these are things to work for and long for, inshallah. Allahumma nawar qulubana bil Quran, wa zayyin akhlaqana bil Quran, wa najjina min al nari bil Quran. وأدخلنا الجنة بالقرآن اللهم اجعل القرآن لنا في الدنيا قرينا وفي القبر مونسا وعلى الصراط نورا وفي الجنة رفيقا ومن النار سترا وحجابا وإلى الخيرات كلها دليلا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين والحمد لله رب العالمين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته